Welcome to day 200, season three of Shaped by the Word, the story of the prophets. It's kind of a mile marker that we've done 200 uh, days together in our readings, you know, through the journey, through the prophets, and it's been deeply rich. Uh, the prophets are God's spokesman on his behalf, executing his, his case against his people who are in covenant with him. Uh, he has bound himself to them and all of his being. And, of course, they have bound himself to him and all their being. He has been faithful. They have been unfaithful. So you continue to hear you know, God's indictment against the people, but his call to repentance and his, um, and, and his pronouncement of a, a hope when one day the very conditions of the covenant will change when he forgives us of our sin, purifies us, and, and gives us a new heart. Mm-hmm. So we continue on our journey through Jeremiah. We're in Jeremiah chapter 35. I'm Paul here with David, Matt, and Cindy uh, as we continue in this journey uh, together. Uh, before we read, as, as always, we, we, uh, we're we amazed in the gift God has given us in his word. Uh, you know, it can be a rusty old leather-bound, you know, kind of textbook with foreign language and fancy, you know, print. Or we can realize, you know, that what it really is is living and active. It's the very heart and the very breath of God. He has given us a spirit, you know, to make it come alive in our hearts and lives. And, and through it, by his spirit, uh, he continues to transform us in the image of his son. So we receive it as a wonderful gift, a deep treasure, and a wonder of God's grace you know, toward us. So we always pause to offer ourselves in this moment you know, to the Lord before we read. So Matt, you mind lifting us up in prayer before we read? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we do marvel at the gift we have in your word. and um, Not just because it's words on a page that we should read, but because it's the your living word. It's your word to us revealing who you are and what you've done in Christ Jesus. So Father, would you use your word to, to search us? Um, would you help us to behold wonderful things in your word? And, and, and Father, ultimately, would it lead us to, to glorify and, and worship you? Uh, Father, we thank you for this time together. Thank you for the means um, that you've provided that we may read as your people. Uh, so, Father, uh, would you um, shape us as we read? Um, be with us. Give us wisdom. Father, help us to glorify you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Jeremiah 35, and this is the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah from the Lord during the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah. Go to the Rechabite family, invite them to come to one of the side rooms of the house of the Lord and give them some wine to drink. So I went to get Jehazaniah and Jeremiah, the son of Hazbaniah, and his brothers and all of his sons, the whole family of the Rechabites. I brought them into the house of the Lord, into the room of the sons of Hanan, son of Egdaliah, the man of God. It was next to the room of the officials, which was over that of Mahasiah and son of Shalom, the doorkeeper. Then I set bowls full of wine and some cups before the Rechabites and said to them, Drink some wine. But they replied, We do not drink wine, because our forefather Jehonadab, son of Rechab, gave us this command, Neither you nor your descendants must ever drink wine. Also you must never build houses, sow seeds, or plant vineyards. You must never have any of these things, but must always live in tents. Then you will live a long time in the land where you are nomads. We obeyed everything our forefather Jehonadab, son of Rechab, commanded us. 
Neither we, nor our wives, nor our sons and daughters have ever drunk wine or built houses to live in or had vineyards, fields, or crops. We have lived in tents and have fully obeyed everything our forefather, Jehonadab, commanded us. But when Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, invaded this land, we said, Come, we must go to Jerusalem to escape the Babylonian and Armenian armies. So we have remained in Jerusalem. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says, Go and tell the people of Judah and those living in Jerusalem, Will you not learn a lesson and obey my words, declares the Lord. Jehonadab, son of Rechab, ordered his descendants not to drink wine, and this command has been kept. To this day they do not drink wine because they obey their forefathers' command. But I have spoken to you again and again, yet you have not obeyed me. Again and again I sent all my servants the prophets to you. They said, Each of you must turn from your wicked ways and reform your actions. Do not follow other gods to serve them. Then you will live in the land that I have given to you and your ancestors. But you have not paid attention or listened to me. Descendants of Jehonadab, son of Rechab, have carried out the command their forefather gave them, but these people have not obeyed me. Therefore, this is what the Lord God Almighty, the God of Israel, says, Listen, I'm going to bring on Judah and on everyone living in Jerusalem every disaster I pronounced against them. I spoke to them, but they did not listen. I called to them, but they did not answer. Then Jeremiah said to the family of the Rechabites, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. You've obeyed the command of your forefather, Jehonadab, and have followed all of his instructions and have done everything he offered, or he ordered. Therefore, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Say to Jehonadab, son of Rechab, will never fail to have a descendant to serve me. And kind of an interesting uh, little story uh, that we find ourselves, you know, tucked away in the middle of, and we've backed up, you know, about, you know, 20 years. We were under Zedekiah's kingship yesterday. Today we're you know, under Jehoiakim. And Jehoiakim is the son of Josiah, which, you know, was one of the most, uh, one of the most, you know, vivid revivals in Judah. But his son is, is one who will deeply oppose uh, the word of you know Jeremiah and, uh, and and his and his prophecy, and, and so there's a band of nomads who have been part of the land. Probably, you know, I guess if you trace them through chronicles, possibly, you know, of the tribe of Judah, uh, they were also faithful, you know, in the southern kingdom to help, you know, a rebellion, you know, that Jehu stamped out, you know, as as well. But uh, one of their forefathers just decided, no, we're not going to build houses, we're not going to drink wine, we're not going to have vineyards. All of that, you know, just seems to be, you know, a beginning to the end for the people who do those kinds of things. So we're just going to kind of be on the fringes, you know, of this whole thing. And and this is not a word, you know, from the Lord to them. It's just, you know, something that they're like, that's kind of a legalism. In other words, in all the things, you know, the Lord has said, we're going to add our own rules and we're going to hold tight to them. Uh, but the remarkable thing is uh, how faithful they are. He says, Jeremiah, try to get these guys to, to drink wine. <laughs> and it's, sure. It's and they say, no, we, we don't do that. We never have done that. We, we've been faithful. Mm-hmm. And, of course, God's question is, why are my people who have a word, you know, from me that's far greater, you know, than the word of, you know, Jehonadab, son of Rechab, mm-hmm. why have they not been even <coughs> one small portion as faithful? Mm-hmm. You know, as the Rechabites have yeah. been. Well, what a contrast! I mean, we just read chapter thirty-four, where we see the unfaithfulness of God's people. Mm-hmm. I mean, immediately after they tell God, "Yes, we'll be faithful. We'll do exactly what we said we'll do," mm-hmm. you know, and and yet they don't do it. And then you have this 
you know, as you were describing, just a small little tribe that, that proves faithful. And God says, I've sent you prophet after prophet. You know, I've given you my word. And yet, you know, you, you've refused to turn from your wicked ways. And, I mean, David's pointed this out quite a bit in our podcast, but, you know, it's easy to look at them and mm-hmm. until we look inward and see that, man, maybe mm-hmm. we're more like, you know, the people of Israel than we are the Rechabites. No, I'm quite, you know, I'm quite sure we are. And of course, you know, we can just dismiss that as legalisms and, and, and certainly some of our, you know, little habits and our little, you know, uh, you know, rituals are legalistic. But even those things, you know, that, uh, that, okay, you know, that you could really go one way or another on them, but are offered to God from a sincere heart, mm-hmm. you know, and in full devotion to Him are always, you know, to be treasured. Not Never to con- be confused with the law of the Lord, however, mm-hmm. but uh, always treasured. I definitely feel a little sad for the people who followed Jehonadab, you know, and, and like, here's your invitation. Like you're going to be on the outskirts, intense, no wine. And, and yeah, you can kind of look at that and I wouldn't want to live like that, but, but they were obedient to it, which is crazy. And then, but when we flip it over and the things that the Lord's invited us and the way he's invited us to live, you know, so often we can look at that and be, oh my gosh, that's just not going to be good that that goes against who i am or who how i want to live or you know the way i want to live but in hindsight what he's invited us into is for our good for the good of those around us you know that to follow the lord and what he's asked us to be as his people is actually exactly what we need and what we would want if we knew what we actually wanted and so as i'm reading this it's just reminding me that i i and i think probably everyone listening knows things that the Lord has called us to be and a way to live. And yet we don't do it. And then we wonder why we don't have the joy or, you know, a a gladness to following the Lord. Even when he's called us to give up things, um, there is beauty in what he's invited us into. No. And uh, there is a, you know, there's a nice little contrast here. Uh, God has not called us into austerity. God has called us to fully enjoy, you know, the cities that we live in, to fully enjoy the food and the drink that he has provided us, you know, to fully enjoy, you know, the houses, you know, that he has provided for us. So he, he doesn't call us, in, you know, into this sense of austerity or asceticism, you know, that even in the New Testament, a lot of people are saying, don't drink, don't touch, don't do all these things. God has called us into the full joy of creation, but we must be aware that the good gifts of creation can always become far bigger to us uh, than the giver of the gifts in the first place. And of course, that's what's happened in Jerusalem. We, we love the houses. We love the, we love the wine. We love all of these things. And uh, they've not enjoyed them in a way that leads them to worship the giver of the gift. Uh, they've enjoyed them in a way that leads them to be even more inward focused than they were before. Mm-hmm. Well, that, I mean, goes back to Genesis, right? Where God has drawn his people into relationship and covenant with himself. They enjoy all the, I mean, the blessings of the garden. And yet there's that one thing they can't have. And what are they tempted well, with? The one thing they that. can't have. And, and I mean, so much of the Christian life, if we're not careful, gets defined by what we can do, can't do, what we can have, can't have, mm-hmm. as opposed to the reality that we've been brought into a covenant relationship with the creator of the universe, you know, mm-hmm. and our savior and, and just missing out on the joy of of that of man what we have in christ jesus and the riches you know of what we get Mm -hmm. to to enjoy it's so easy to focus on what we don't get Mm -hmm. heavenly father we thank you for the good things that you have given us Uh, we thank you that you've called us into the full enjoyment of 
of the common graces, you know, that deeply surround us. Forgive us for the time when that we, we take more joy in those common graces than we do the extraordinary grace that we have in you. Mm-hmm. We thank you that you are the giver of every good and perfect gift. And may the gifts that we possess and enjoy always lead us to worship and thanksgiving. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.